Hello, my darling occult acolytes and fans, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 10 of Bumfrey's Occult. Indeed, it is the finale. It's been a long journey, and I, for one, have enjoyed the dizzying heights have been saddened by the crushing lows and bored by the meandering middles. I think both you and I will be glad of a rest. Feet up, slippers on, opium pipe ablaze, the whiskey tinkling in the glass as winter approaches. However, I digress. Season four, as you will be well aware, has been based around my favourite hostelry, the Scotch Piper in Lydiot, the oldest inn in West Lancashire, as it is known. In this episode, we see the pub as the venue for the annual get-together of occult associations and ting, or the agoat social, as it is laboriously and acrimoniously known. With that in mind, then, Bunny and myself had donned the pinnies and were busying round the pub, preparing it for the visitation of many illustrious luminaries from around the country and indeed the world who would visit our local patch, have a few drinks, bit of a sing-song, piss up, and shoot the shit. First things first, then. Before we could install our hired staff of crack goblin caterers and bar people, we needed to make the pub a cult ready. This involved casting a time-freezing spell on the local area, and specifically the pub itself. I had been preparing this for the past three days with various arcade literature and props. I stood at the centre of the pub and cast the spell, mumbling something like this, whilst lighting a candle held in the severed hand of a hangered man from the past, whilst dangling a number of shrunken heads from my testicles. The words enunciated from my orifice. And all was still. Every regular was in a catatonic, frozen state, like a stalagmite, or indeed a stalactite, ossified, their limbs cankerous and woven, unmoving, and, thankfully, given the rotundity of some of their bodies, they were as light as a piece of balsa wood. It was short work, then, 
for Bunny and myself, and indeed some of our goblin temporary employees on zero hours contracts, awful, to stack up the regulars as one would rather bunches of chairs at the end of a village fete. We put them all outside of the pub, and they did look rather strange, their glassy eyes looking into the middle distance, still gripping their pints, vapes, and whatever it else they were gripping, in some cases, their balls. There was Paddy Paul, looking at nothing, Jay, the welder, Blind John, John the bricklayer, Mystic Trev, all stacked atop one another. Unfortunately, the pub had been rather busy at the time, and there was about 40 regulars stacked up in three columns to the left of the pub. Marvellous, buddy. I do love it when magic comes through. Yes, they do look rather strange, though, but they don't they? All glassy-eyed, looking at nothing, pint in hands. Quite a melancholy prospect. Well, let's not get bogged down with that, buddy. The party must commence. We busied ourselves dusting, putting up decos. And before long, as the full moon arose high across the fields of Lydiot, the broomsticks started to appear in the distance, one by one. They padded down, silent as cats, not uttering a word, until all were present and the pub door was closed, thus sealing the magic inside. No one could observe us. We were free to do as we will. Which was generally get pissed off our cane punch cider and, of course, mortal alcoholic drinks and have a good chat. There were some marvellous personalities there from around the country and indeed the world. There was Professor Bongli Bong Frangipan from the University of Wanklington. There was Boo Boo McStingle, <laughs> the Cornish wizard with his famous eight nipples, which he wasn't shy to show around the room. Oh, how we laughed. I do find when acting as host it is important to let everyone have their head conversationally. And there are many stories and songs, including a pastiche of a song from the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett, which went something like this. A wizard staff has a knob on the end, a knob on the end, a knob on the end. A wizard staff has a knob on the end. I'm tugging my best friend. Aha, hilarity ensued. There were displays of magic competitions, and the goblins kept us all well stocked with food and ale of every sumptuous description. As the night wore on, however, some of the wizards and wizardess, zombies, etc., necrophiliacs, necromancers, were getting a bit worse for wear, and tempers started to fray. There was a particular scouse wizard. I won't mention his true name, but let's call him Arcane 
Mike. He'd had one too many, and the worst side of his personality was coming out. The thing about... The fucking thing about you is right, Buffy. Yes. You know, the thing about you is you're fucking... You're a fucking smart ass, are you? Oh, dear. Now, listen, Mike. There's no need to uh, take such a harsh tone. Um, I'm fucking... You know what? I'm fucking handing over you. You're a, you're a massive cunt. Right. The gloves were off. I hit him in the balls with the pointy end of my pointy, curly, <laughs> occult shoe. Ah, fucking hell! He came at me in a rage. And before long... The fight had gone from the physical into the magical. Sparks flew, literally. The tables were turned over. It was a wizarding occult jewel. The green fire that represents my power was flashing around, taking the forms of huge cocks, snakes, general phallic-like things, dancing forms. They were battling <laughs> scouse mags, rather more lowbrow magic, which was a blue cover. He appeared to be an Evertonian. How awful. And mainly took the form of king-size American bulldogs. It was a great spectacle to see the two forms and colours clash against each other. Mike was pissed and was on the losing side as things progressed. He did manage to singe my favourite hat, but I dealt a knockout blow when a particularly vigorous, well-hung fawn smacked him on the temple with the end of his arcane green cock, thus knocking him cold. The power of this magic, however, did have consequences. As the cheering settled down and everyone dusted off Mike and put him in the corner, the congratulations soon turned to shouts of terror. The magical jewel had rather spilled out from the doors of the pub. Through the keyhole, in fact, rather like the programme with Lloyd Grossman in the 80s, that was successfully resurrected by Keith Lemon. Oh, I did enjoy that through the keyhole. However, I'm getting sidetracked. The magic had spilled out of the pub, the green fire, and had ignited the earlier mentioned stack of catatonic, tinder-dry regulars who were around the side of the pub have started to go up in arcane flames, and if something wasn't done very soon, they would be turned to ashes, and this would not be a good look. To kill all of the patrons of the pub where you were secretly living in the toilet was probably not good management for the future of my living arrangements. Something had to be done. Buddy, on this occasion, eagle-eyed, had cottoned on to the problem early doors. Bloody hell, Mumphrey. We'd better get out there. Arcane fire. We're going to kill all the regulars. Shit. Right. Right. A good man in a crisis. Always, Mumphrey. Everyone outside. 
take your trousers off, form a circle. Men and women, fawns, necromancers, huge arcane ent men, everyone, cocks, vaginas out, bottoms, everything. Oh, God, everyone traipsed out. It was quite a sight to a circle of over 60 arcane weirdos, cocks and vagines out. In some cases, their genitalia were hard to describe or and even worse to see. Right, on the count of three, everyone start urinating with full force. The sound, the smell, the steam of that amount of odd people pissing in a way which had been magically enhanced was something to see. If only someone had taken a video of it on their phones, it would have been a smash on the YouTube and perhaps the TikTok. Crisis averted. The now rather moist customers were no longer on fire. They were, however, quite singed, and not only did they smell of smoke and their clothes were a little bit tattered, they also smelt a high heaven of sixty shades of piss, which is not a book I'd want to read. However, the party was saved. Scouse Mike the Wizard had calmed down, having been given a larange. No harm done. There's always fights at these arcane parties. And as the dawn approached Ethed, our task remained to put all of the patrons back in their usual spots, whilst the broomsticks festooned with their cargo of arcane strange people disappeared into the night. There was a moment of reveal when the patrons woke up with no awareness of the passage of time. They felt strange, moist, but no harm had been done. And you know that phrase said to one's enemies, I wouldn't piss on you if you're on fire. Well, if you're the friend of the bump, you'll always find some piss to put out the fire. And thus ends the triumphant finale of season four of Bumfrey's Occult. Bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-